Welcome to Your Sales MBA, the podcast where your hosts, sales experts Jeff Hoffman and Cece Aparo, answer your most challenging sales and management questions. Let's dive into this week's episode topic. Have you ever had a prospect open your email and not reply? Have you ever wondered why? Or, most importantly, how the heck do you fix it? We're covering this and more on this week's episode of Your Sales MBA. Hello, everyone. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Cece. Welcome to Your Sales MBA, where we answer all of your sales questions at every stage of the funnel. Class is in session, and this week we're answering Katie's question. Katie's got a question. All right, let's All right, it. let's look at this email from Katie. She says, hi, guys. I send a lot of emails, a lot, and I spent a lot of time tracking stats on them. The good news is my prospects are opening them. The bad news is they rarely respond. What am I doing wrong? Why do people open my emails but don't reply? Thanks, Katie. Well, thank you too, Katie. Thank you for writing in, first of all. And I'm always really amazed and impressed with people that are, don't just have questions, but are willing to say, I have a question because I'm not doing well at something. The struggle that Katie has is hardly limited to Katie. Uh, most of us struggle with how do we get a, a better open rate or more importantly, a better response rate for our email. So I'm going to talk about this in two ways. First, I'm going to give you, Katie and everyone listening, the three or four things that you could probably fix right away just to get more people to answer your emails. But then I want to talk a little bit about this interesting tool you're using to find out if they're opening them or not, because I think that's worth talking about too. So let's start with that, the main part of your question. Why are they not reading your emails? I don't, I haven't seen your emails. I'm, we certainly read the one you sent to us and I like it. You know why I like it? Because it says, hi guys. That's right. It is hi guys. There's three of us on this podcast. Clearly you listen to it. <laughs> And 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 your email came from a genuine, authentic voice. I sent a lot of emails, a lot. I spent a lot of time tracking, et cetera. You clearly wrote this for Ali, CC, and I. So that raises the obligation in us responding. You're a real person, Katie. And if I ignore an email from a real person, then I'm kind of rude. Now, I still might decide to not read it, but it's a little harder for me too. The number one reason that people aren't reading your emails Katie, is because you're not doing this with other people. What you're doing with other people is you wrote something you thought was really clever and smart and you cut and pasted it and sent it to a thousand people. That's why they're not reading it. That's why they're not responding to it. Because the spidey sense that we all share in knowing when something was written for others versus just for us is so acute that it's the opposite impact when I get an email from a Katie where it's clearly a thoughtful paragraph she sent to a thousand people. I do not feel any obligation to respond. I simply delete and I don't feel like a bad person. Number one reason people aren't responding to your emails is because you aren't writing original thoughts to them. But beyond that, there's some obvious things as well. Cece, I know you've got a couple of favorites. I think that I look at a lot of emails from a lot of different sales reps. And one of the things I find is in so many of the emails they're sending, they're not asking for anything. They're not closing in their emails. They're sending information on their company. Maybe they're sending a case study or two. Maybe they're sending information on an upcoming workshop or an upcoming trade show they're going to. But they're not actually closing. So the person who's receiving the email on the other end They're getting it, they're reading it, but there's no reason for them to respond. So if you want a response, ask them a question, close them. 
what terrific advice that is. And I, I, I see the same thing. You say, well, how do I ask a question on an email? Well, Katie, you did it twice. You said, what am I doing wrong? And why do people open my emails but don't reply? Those are pretty reasonable questions and didn't throw us off by reading it. Without questions, without closes, um, you know, we've got a variety of podcasts in the series on closing if you want to check out more details. But, but closing, as we define it, is asking people to make decisions right now. If your email doesn't ask me to make a decision, then I won't make a decision. So if I'm not going to make a decision, I probably have nothing to respond to. So I would agree. I think that's a, that's a top reason why often emails are not responded to. But there's some other ones as well. It wasn't long ago that I, mean, I got an email from a sales rep, the, a, a really long email that I never would have read. But I did read it because we use it in our trainings. <laughs> <laughs> so I show bad emails all the time. But when I was looking at this email at the end of it, which was clearly cut and pasted, the rep wrote, will you have any availability at one o'clock on Tuesday or three o'clock on Friday? And if not, can you suggest the name of someone who might be available? Now, I'm certain many people listening to this podcast have similar closes. I want you to think about being the receiver end of that close. I don't know you. You sent me some spam from some random company I've never heard of, and you're asking me for two specific spaces on my calendar. I have no idea why. I have no idea why I would say yes to this meeting. But if you're not available, can you just find someone else? It sounds to me that you just want meetings with anyone. <laughs> it sounds like that to satisfy your manager's KPIs on number of meetings, at this point, you'll just take any warm human being. It feels that way when I read it. So not only do you need to make it not cut and pasted at least all the way through. And just like you're going to have some real clothes as CC suggested, can you at least give me some reason on why you want to talk to me other than your quote unquote curious about my business because that's generally the line that's supposed to inspire me to give you my hour. So those are the three big ones that I think you might be guilty of doing and see if you can't shave those out a little bit. All right, so I like it. We need to add closes first and foremost, but we need our closes to be compelling and we need to provide the reason why people should be responding to us in the body of the email itself. Okay, we get it. We hear this question a lot. Jeff and I do a lot of trainings on this particular topic, and this is something that comes up all the time where I hear reps say, but they're reading my emails. Cool. That's great. I'm so glad that you know that they're opening and reading your emails. I don't care, though. I care about the responses you're getting and increasing those conversion rates. So where is this coming from? I'm glad you asked because I, I thought of that, too, when I read uh, and we listened to Katie. You read Katie's email. I want to take a step back for a minute away from the question itself around the prospecting and talk something about some social value. And again, something we talk about in other podcast episodes as well. But if you haven't heard us talk about it, social value, for lack of a better expression, really means popularity. When someone has high levels of social value, it means in their society, their community, time with them is considered to be a valuable experience. That's why it's called social value. Everyone has the, the ability to demonstrate social value, regardless of age, gender, socioeconomic status, role, or even the position you have with your relationship. There's no doubt that your boss has authority over you, but 
you could demonstrate higher social value than your boss. If you're a student, your teacher has more authority than you, but you could certainly have more social value than a teacher. You could even be a criminal. And even though the cop has more authority and power than you, you could have higher social value than that police officer. Why? Because social value is tethered into the perception of the individual. Now, when it comes to sales, social value is, in my opinion, the most critical element to being successful in it. Demonstrating to your entire world that people find time with you valuable. How you demonstrate that? Well, you can do it in thousands of ways. Here's one way you don't do it. Sniffing around to see if people open (laughs) your email. Now, what do I mean by that? I get it. Katie, you're hardly the only person using these tools. They're very, very popular. But let's break down why we're using them at all. You do this campaign, an email campaign that you probably spent a day on doing the mail merge, getting it all set up, finding the lead list, et cetera. Then you blast this out to a thousand people and then you sit at your computer and you wait for Christmas to arrive. The first thing that happens when you do the blast is what? You will get the 5% bounce backs. So now your email that just sent out an email is going to get, I don't know, 95 bounce back messages in the next five seconds. How you feeling? Not so hot. Not so hot. Um, So now, okay, well, now that that's over with, now I'm waiting for the positive responses. And are they coming? Not really. really. So I am feeling worse and worse. Think about it. You spent six hours on this, and all you are are 0 for 95. So who wouldn't feel bad? I'd feel bad. You'd feel bad. And you'd like to get some clarity. You'd like to get some comfort. And what most people do when they feel anxiety is they want to know, they want control back. So how can I get control? Give me a beautiful dashboard that gives me real data on who's opening and when and how. Looks like this person opened up this email two times on this IP address. One of those IP addresses is their iPhone. Okay, Mm, let me speculate. I guess they looked at that email, but they found it so compelling they wanted to read more of it on their commute home. Who knows what you're dreaming up is the reason why they do it. I could easily give everyone here a nice tutorial on the five ways you get a false positive of, off of the reading off of, a, off of an email yep. sniffer. There, there, there's a lot of ways you would get a false positive, but regardless, you wind up focusing on this question. They're opening the email, but they're not responding. What am I doing wrong? And I literally just summarized Katie's email. Yep. But if you don't know that they're opening or not opening, all you have to do after you send the email and get rid of the 95 dead ones is go on to your next activity. The idea that all knowledge is power is just not true. You knowing things that do not help you sell, but improve your anxiety, frustration, and displeasure make you a less powerful rep. I could care less about the people who don't respond to me. All I care about are the ones who do, and what do I do next? I think that those are all fair points, Jeff. And I don't think that either of us are saying that these are bad tools, because they're not bad tools. These tools do have some components of them that make a lot of sense, particularly for folks in marketing. And it's a great way to know whether or not the email address that you sent that email off to is a real person or not. We're just saying, 
Don't spend time looking at those conversion rates. Don't spend time wondering why they opened their email and why they didn't respond to it. Spend time writing the next email to the next person. It's so right. I mean, many years ago, I was taking uh, some golf lessons to try to improve my horrible golf game. And I uh, sliced one of the balls off the driving range. And those of you who don't play golf, slicing for a right-hander like me would mean that after I hit the golf ball and it traveled maybe 20 or 30 feet, took a horrible right angle turn. And if this was a real golf course, it would have probably wound up deep in the woods somewhere. Now, the problem with the slices is that they're very hard to fix. And people who get a slice in their routine frequently get so frustrated they stop playing golf. So slicing is really bad. So I don't slice. And here I am on the driving range with an instructor and I just sliced a golf ball. All right. Then a few moments later, I sliced another one. Now, when I sliced the second one, this was really bugging me because I don't slice. So I like stood there and kind of pantomimed my last swing. I started messing with my hips a little. I was deep in self-reflection on what was causing my slice. No different than being deep in reflection and studying the data to determine why aren't people responding to my calls. And as soon as I was standing there statuesque in internal thought about this slice, my golf pro who was working with me and three others caught what I was doing, walked right over to me, grabbed a golf ball, put it on the tee, said, put your head down, hit it, and do not look up. I did. Do it again. Don't look up. And he started having me swing in great, great, great frequency. So much so that I started getting tired. After about 10 minutes of this, my arms were getting a little bit tired. I look up at the golf pro and I said, what are we doing here? And he says, all right, um, go ahead and hit it normal now and you can watch and do whatever you want. And I did and I hit the golf ball the way I normally did. And I was like, oh, what was that about? And he said, well, I saw you slice, but worse than that, I saw you thinking about your slice. Mm. And if you think about that slice long enough, guess what? You got a new habit. Yep. The power of questions is real. We know this in sales. That's so much of what we do is, is harness the power of questions. Well, apply that to yourself. If you ask yourself the question, why aren't people responding to my emails after they open them? You will come up with an answer, Katie, and you're not going to like them because the, the answers are going to be like this, because my emails are too long or because I, I ramble or because my company sucks or because my territory sucks or because I don't know what I'm doing. Those are the only possible answers you're going to come up with. Why don't you change the question? Stop worrying about why people aren't and ask a different question. The question you should ask is, when you get a response, why did they respond to you? That's a powerful question, mm -hmm. and that's how you're going to get your answers. That's how you're going to get the tools you need. Not a dashboard telling you the history of the losers, but the interview with the customer who responds by saying, hey, before we get started, CC, I sent a lot of emails. You might be surprised to know they don't all come back. Why did you respond to my email? That will give you the key to the kingdom, not that dashboard. All right, Jeff, what's one thing that every sales rep listening to this podcast today should go do right now that'll have a great impact on their pipeline? All right, I can do that. I would. Uh, this is what I think everyone rep can do right now to have an impact on their pipeline. I would like, if you're listening to this podcast or if you're in your car or in your commute when you get to the office, what I want you to do is I want you to LinkedIn. I want you to type in the name of the company you're currently working for. Get that nice long list of all of your coworkers and then spend 30 minutes looking at anyone who's a director or hire in departments that you don't know, product, 
operations, facilities, HR, things HR uh, salespeople like us don't know a lot about, and find directors and hire that have worked for companies that you would like to sell to and reach out to those people and actually get great referrals from your coworkers. It is shocking to us how few sales reps do this. They think all networking's outside the building. You work with 600 people, you got 600 people to network with. I like it a lot. Amazing. Katie, we hope that this was helpful and that you got all the answers that you were looking for. If anyone else out there listening has a sales question, has something that they're running into, send us an email. Send it to podcast at sellhoffman.com. I promise you we will read it and we will respond to it. And uh, hopefully it ends up here on the next episode of Your Sales MBA. Sounds good. Happy selling, everybody. Happy selling. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Your Sales MBA. If you have sales or management questions, feel free to send them to podcast at sellhoffman.com. That's podcast at S-E-L-L-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.com. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps boost us in the ratings so other reps like you can find us. Until next time, happy selling. Mm-hmm.